Hi there, and welcome to the podcast, Lifting the Veil. I'm your host, Noelle Cellini. In this episode, we're going to talk about dreams. Now, this means interpreting dreams, uh, tips on remembering your dreams, why you might not be able to remember your dreams, and of course, some common dream themes that pop up for people. But before we dive into that, I want to take some time and talk about dreams or not, whether they're in, again, our dreamscape or our waking life, how everything, everything, everything has meaning. Everything has a message for us. Now, that means whether it's a dream, whether it's something we see a bag of Cheetos on the sidewalk, whether we see a billboard with our birth date on it that jumps out at us, whether we see repeating numbers, whatever it is, all of this is a message. All of this has meaning for us. And not only is it important for humanity to remember this, because remember, we are souls with a body, right? Not a body with a soul. We didn't come here just to pay bills and die. But all of this has meaning. And then it's asking us, it's nudging us, it's guiding us to then do something. And what is it guiding us to do? It's guiding us to do one of three things. And that is either to let go of something, move forward with something, or to embody something. And I've talked about this, all of this in other podcasts, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling nudged to bring this up again, spend some time talking about this because it's super important. I've, I've gotten that message right now to start talking about this again or, or put a little more emphasis on it. And also because I feel that there are some new listeners. And so one of those three things, either let go, move forward, or embody something. Now, the embody is, and I've talked about this before, I've gotten messages about, you know, it can be embodying more confidence or embodying being a little bit more outgoing. An example I can use is my mom. She actually, she changed her hair a couple years ago. It's now very, very short, almost like pixie-like, and she's kind of let it go white, um, a, kind of a, a nice, bright uh, silvery white. And ever since doing that, she's received a lot of compliments. And she shares this with me probably almost once a month, how somebody will stop her and say, you have such a great look, or you're so pretty, or you're so stunning. And and it, it goes well, this very short haircut and this very white hair. It's Her, her style is very funky and, and kind of artsy and it goes, it goes well. She's petite. And so it, it works. <laughs> it all works. And ever since she changed her hair, like I said, she's been getting these compliments. And now I listen to her, but I've said to her, you know, I feel this is really nudging you that you're not really believing or really embodying how beautiful you are. And I can feel that there is an opportunity. The universe wants to deliver your way but you have not embodied the energy of it. And I feel intuitively that it's something with modeling, partly because I can sense it, but partly because she has also kind of dabbled in this before. I've had a style client many years ago who was older and had white hair and she was like Mrs. Claus on the cover of a lot of magazines. And and she, uh, my mom had expressed interest and was trying to get my mom involved and it didn't really go anywhere, but I can feel that this opportunity is still there 
for my mom. So it's nudging her to embody this instead of just, it's great to receive these compliments and definitely can be a boost of self-esteem, but it keeps coming up almost every month because the universe has something for her and cannot deliver it to her until she matches the energy of that opportunity, this modeling opportunity. Now, I've shared before about how I've received messages in the past. I was not thinking that I was um, sexy or desirable and just didn't think that I was good at attracting men or attracted a lot of men and how that message kind of kept repeating in different ways. And then I, I, then I understood the message and so I worked to embody it. And what I did was, and some are easier than others, sometimes we... Sometimes I think when it's the letting go, that can be harder um, because that same fear or doubt can crop up or it's hard to say goodbye to maybe a certain food or, or a friendship or a relationship or um, a habit. And so it can be easy to go, you know, to go back, but embodying might be a little bit easier. Um, and so I remember at the time I've shared that I downloaded a couple of songs to my playlist just to that made me feel that made me feel more sexy and more beautiful and more desirable and as soon as I did that and danced around <laughs> a few times the messages went away I didn't get that anymore so that would be an example of embodiment and like I said it can be an embodiment of confidence it can be an embodiment maybe people say things to you like oh you're a really good speaker or you have a beautiful voice, you have a beautiful singing voice, and you're not thinking that you do. This is a nudge. These are messages, whether it comes through in a dream or not, of what it is guiding you to do. Now, the other ones are to let go. So that can be to let go of a food, of a thought. I like to call them veils, thought, limiting belief, a habit, a person, a relationship, a job, you know, a certain career path, uh, maybe it's a city that you're living in that doesn't resonate with you anymore. So it's either guiding us to let go, to embody, or to move forward with something. Now, a quick example of moving forward is I um, was getting some junk emails. I actually, I get, I get messages a lot through junk emails, through uh spam texts they they come through and a certain phone number a certain name <laughs> get me to notice things uh, my friend laughs at me <laughs> because he said Noel he goes I get robocalls from China it doesn't mean I'm moving to China <laughs> and no he's not moving to China I feel what I think the message is but I didn't say that with him we just kind of laughed about it but I've shared some of these stories with people and people say to me, oh my gosh, I guess I should start looking at my spam texts or, or junk emails. And I've had a lot with junk emails. It's, uh, I don't know, maybe just one of the ways my guides, angels and guides like to communicate with me. But I was starting to see receive this email and it was from a name that really made me take pause. It's a very unusual name and has meaning in my life and it really that's what made me look twice at this junk email. And it, it it is junk, like I don't click on the links that are in it, but I opened it because the name, the who it came from, which is junk, um, really made me uh, take pause because it has a specific meaning to me. And I, and it said, it was talking about 
a, a good way to get people's attention is to do or want to increase your business sales 24-7. That's what it said. Want to increase your sales, business sales 24-7. We have something for you. These two explainer videos, instead of $1,000, it's $147, blah, blah, blah. And then it would go in and give links. And of course, I don't click on it. And... I, I, when it first came through, I don't know that I knew what it was for, but a couple of days later, somebody commented, a style client commented on Instagram and was asking when I was going to do another style video. And I looked and I hadn't done one in like eight months, which is a long time. Now I do have quite a few videos on YouTube. I've been doing it, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years. So it's not like I just have 50 videos. I have quite a few, but there was some opportunity that somebody's supposed to find me through that channel, through YouTube versus Instagram or a friend or an acquaintance or finding my business card on the street. I don't drop my business card just willy-nilly in the air, but <laughs> um, there are lots of ways the universe can deliver what you want. Uh, YouTube is just one of the channels. Uh, your dreams is just one of the channels it can use to speak to you. And um, so I clearly got the message, okay, I need to do another uh, style video. Okay. Well, I did that. And then the junk emails still would come through. And I looked at it and I thought, oh no, this is asking me to do two explainer videos about the two topics. There are two opportunities waiting for me, one with style and one with health and wellness. And so as soon as I understood that, I did a video on just with some quick, easy health tips, three easy health tips everyone should know now, something like that. And the day that I uploaded that video, whoo, I saw and felt the universe immediately, immediately. I actually hadn't even put two and two together. I had uploaded it and I think I, I don't know, I met a friend or something to go walking along the lake. I don't even remember. So it wasn't kind of, I wasn't super aware, but stuff started to shift and the universe started to move stuff around big time. And so, and of course, those junk emails talking about these explainer videos went away. They stopped. I didn't go in and change code on my website. I've done that before with these junk emails. It doesn't work. It is just one of the ways spirit is using to speak to me and that my higher self, my angels and guides. Why? Because yes, we are souls with a body, not a body with a soul. And because our natural state is love, joy, health, and abundance. Anything outside of that shows that we're out of alignment. So it's always guiding us, always nudging us, always giving us junk emails or dreams to interpret or compliments or criticism from people to interpret, to get us to let go, move forward, or embody something so we can align with our natural state, with our true self, with our highest self, which is love, joy, health, and abundance. And we'll do a whole nother podcast on this, but outside of that, outside of doing those two explainer videos or my mom embodying that she is really attractive or me embodying that I am beautiful and desirable, et cetera, et cetera. There is actually very little, this is a whole nother podcast, but very little doing. 
the rest is is being. The rest is being. There is so much being, so much surrender, because surrender is being in the now. Surrender is love. If we're replaying what a friend did last week, we're not in surrender, we're not in now, we're not in love, we're in fear. If we're worrying or doubting or, or thinking about or wondering how something is going to play out or if that contract's going to get signed or if the test results are going to come back with XYZ or we're going to get approval and be able to buy that house, we're not in the now. We're not in the surrender. And every time we're replaying something from the past or worrying about if and when and how it's going to unfold, we are delaying what the universe is trying to give to us, what the universe wants to give to us. So anytime we doubt, wonder, we're delaying it. We're pushing it further and further out. So outside of those, those lifting those veils and those embodiments and letting go, the rest is a lot of being. I cannot tell you, and again, this belongs in its own podcast because it's been a big journey for me, how much being, very little doing, how much being it is. This is why I say everything you want is downstream. What you want wants you. Let it be easy. Let things come to you. I do, I do shifts and I do nudges and I will do a video and I will do a post, but outside of that, I do not work and hustle myself to the bone. I do not grind away. I want a life of abundance and love and joy and pleasure and beauty, but I, but I don't work myself ragged to that. I align with it, pay attention to these messages, shift, move forward with, let go what I need to do. And it effortlessly then comes my way because I am in constant, constant trying to be my best surrender. And there it is. It is that easy. It is that effortless. It is that abundant. So again, we're going to dive into more of the art of surrender and being uh, in another podcast because again, it deserves its own its own episode for sure. But I'm sharing that because it's all it's all a message dream or not, it is all a message for us to not just notice. We can't just notice the repeating numbers. People may say to me, and I love my numbers. I love numerology. And people say to me, well, I see repeating fives all the time. Well, that's great. But it's nudging you to either let go of something, move forward with something, or embody something. And once you do, the fives will change. Maybe they'll change into sevens. Maybe it'll change in the repeating twos. Maybe it'll be eights and twos or sevens and threes or nines and ones, whatever it is. Or maybe you'll see a three-digit combination. That's what I see a lot of are three-digit combinations. Um, but they will and should change. All of it should. You shouldn't constantly see parrots and it's trying to get you to notice something. What is the parrot trying to tell you to do so you can align with your natural state, which is love, joy, health and abundance. Remember, we came here to evolve. We came here to grow. We did not come here to be the same. The soul is expansive. It wants to grow. It wants to learn. It wants to experience life. It did not come here just to go through life with the same job, the same people, the same thoughts, the same career, etc., etc. Okay, so getting back to dreams, uh, 
and how all of it, all of it has meaning. I do want to say that um, I said, asked questions on Instagram if people had questions about interpreting dreams or what they wanted to know. And thank you to those who, uh, who wrote me questions or, because that's super helpful. It gets me outside of my little universe and my little bubble as to how I kind of um, am guided to bring things through. And one of the questions, and this relates back to interpreting everything as a message, not just dreams, somebody asked about colors. And he said, he said, is seeing a certain color have meaning? Now, I didn't clarify and, and ask, does this mean if every dream always has like a, a purple background or in every dream, are you always wearing a green shirt? I don't know what he meant by color, that he always sees the same color. Maybe he just dreams in splotches of color. But of course, the answer is yes, 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 yes. All of it has meaning. Now, uh, an example I want to share is uh, I will share the dream that I had uh, that was kind of calling me to Italy, calling me specifically to Milan, Italy, uh, in the next segment here, But which is what started this podcast when I shared it on Instagram and thought, oh, this would be a good, a, a good podcast episode. But when I got back from Milan that kind of brought this dream that I had eight years prior calling me to to take a chance on Italy, to align with Italy, um, I got back and from Milan in 2019 in October. And I, I, uh, I reached out to an energy healer to have an energy clearing session. And... I'm sharing this part because um, I got, actually, I got back from Milan and I got my moon cycle, which that's what I call it, but that just means menstrual cycle, period, at 18 days. Now, this is far from normal. This is not good. You do not want it to be that short of a cycle. A normal cycle is usually about 28 days, give or take. So I let it, I knew something was up, but didn't know if it was just a one-time thing. So I waited and my next cycle, again, was also 18 days. So again, not good. I, a little bit of a weirdo, I don't run right away to my naturopath. I put out the intention of what do I need? Do I need a frequency of brilliance session? Do I need a, a fascia release? Uh, is it twisted fascia? Is it, do I need sound healing? What do I need to go back to this person, that person? I, I put out the intention of help me find the correct modality whatever it is for this. And I was guided to work with a woman who had done an energy session on my dog uh, a few months prior, and she had kind of kind of made me privy to this. And so I reached out to her and said, can you help me with this? This is what's going on. And she said, yes. So we tapped in and, and um, I actually was experiencing adrenal fatigue, and that will be a whole nother podcast as well and how I... Um, what caused that and how I was able to heal that and what I was guided to do for that. But during this energy session, which I want to share was all over the phone. I've had many, many, many sessions with, with different people and it's been remotely. I have not met them in person. I've shared how I've had frequency of brilliance, which is channeled sound healing from the Pleiadians. It incorporates sound, sacred geometry, and there's one other, sacred geometry, oh, crystals and sound. 
but I did not go see this woman. I had it done twice, about a month apart. I had six sessions done on my dog. All of it was done remotely. And I experienced huge things with that. Very, very big things with that. So that was done remotely. I'm guided to share this because again, maybe for some new listeners, but because energy goes anywhere. There are no bounds. There are no limits with that. You don't have to be in the same room. I've been asked when I've had sessions with people remotely, well, do you want it to come through and trickle through while you're sleeping or over the next couple of days? Or do you want it to come through now? An interesting side note, uh, when I had Frequency of Brilliance, both times had about a month apart and I specifically was targeting a, a pain I had in my body. Uh, the first time it was a pain I had in my left hip. I knew what the root was. It was when my awakening started and everything stopped in my life. I then, uh, a couple years in, I developed a pain in my left hip. It was just I, doing yoga and stretches would not make it go away. I, it, it just was kind of this dull pain that kind of just stretches did not remedy it. And so I knew that it was the hip pain had developed because I had not been getting the message to start lifting the veil, to move forward with this, to take kind of a break from my styling career and start lifting the veil. I was hesitant to move forward with that. I, I wasn't hesitant. I just didn't really understand the messages. It wasn't as good as interpreting messages at that time. So by the time I reached out to have Frequency of Brilliance in 20, was it 2020 or 2021, beginning of 2021 for this hip pain, um, it was both times for the hip pain and then a, a pain I addressed a month later. When I had each session, when I, I woke up three days later, and that's when it, that's when it went away. That's when it trickled down into the physical. So when I had this first frequency of brilliance session, you're guided. She does it over the phone. She calls you when she's finished. You're just guided just to kind of be resting. Don't be on your phone. Don't be around electronics. Just kind of read a book or lie down in bed and she um, calls you when you're when she's done and that's it but three days later I woke up and my hip pain was totally gone but it took three days to trickle down from all the etheric body the you know your energetic body all the different levels down into the physical the physical is the last layer now this relates, and this is a little bit of a side note, uh, going off a little bit on a tangent here, but I think I feel this is very important. This is what 2020 and 2021, I personally feel 2021 was a little bit more intense than 2020, was about. This had all been, everything had been done in the higher planes, in the higher levels 2020 was just it now finally trickling down, having its own shit show, having its own temper tantrum in the physical. It had already happened in the higher realms. It had already been done. The war, so to speak, I don't like to call it a war, but the battle had already been won. It was already accomplished. I was guided immensely in 2020 and 2021 to keep posting about where we were going, the end result. Stay in your lane, stay in your magic, keep your eye on the prize. There are specific things I did not talk about in 2020 and 2021 on my Instagram and on my Facebook and, on, and in posts. 
because I knew it had already been done. I wasn't going to waste my energy on that. It was, I knew it was very important to shine a light on where we were going and have people focus on that, not the other. 2020 was just a trickle down. It had happened. It had been put in place so many years before that, so many years before 2020. So, um, so it was three days later that I woke up and this hip pain was gone. Then later on the next pain and I have a, there's a podcast on frequency of brilliance. If you want to listen to the whole story, I had her, I had a pain and what I felt was like my right ovary because it was very, very, very low. And I felt that it was maybe fascia twisted around and I, and I reached out to her to do another session. And same thing, three days later, I woke up and the pain was not gone, but it was like reading a book. It was so crystal clear. I knew exactly, not what I needed to do, but I knew exactly what the root was. I, that it was that my energy, masculine, feminine energies were not balanced and I needed a lot more feminine energy, a specific part of feminine energy in my life. And that that was my game plan moving forward. So the pain didn't go away. It was just crystal clear. Exactly three days later, I woke up and it was like, like I said, reading a book. It was just all there. So it took three days for both of those things to trickle down. So I'm uh, getting back to the color and does this have meaning and this image that came through. So when I worked with this woman and she came in and and tapped in and said, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm smelling burnt rubber. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up, you have adrenal fatigue, et cetera, et cetera. But halfway through, she said, I want you to picture yourself at your happy place in your happy place. And immediately I saw myself with my natural, uh, hair color, which is like a medium to dark Brown. I was a redhead at that point and had been a redhead for about 10 years And then I saw myself wearing a yellow maxi dress. It was blowing in the breeze and with little yellow, with uh, little flowers on it. It was a yellow maxi dress with little flowers. And I was barefoot on the grass in a very specific spot. And I'm sharing this because (laughs) I, I told a couple, uh, a couple of close friends about it and funny because anybody who knows me, even style clients, even people who have just followed me on YouTube know that I do not like maxi dresses at all. (laughs) I've talked about it for years. I do not like maxi dresses for myself, for clients. I just think they're too long. It's too much fabric. It gets the body, the shape and the line of the body gets lost. I've never liked maxi dresses. Well, of course, this image that popped into my mind so vividly was not to wear more maxi dresses. It was not to wear more yellow, which also made me giggle because I don't wear yellow. I love yellow, but I have a lot of yellow undertones in my skin. And one of the first things we know is you don't want to, if you have yellow, pink, or peach, you want to do the opposite of that. I can't wear yellow because it doesn't look good on me. I can, but it doesn't look good on me because I have too much yellow in my skin. It was not a sign to wear more yellow. It was not a sign to get more yellow dresses. It was not a sign to start wearing maxi dresses. It was, what does it symbolize? What was it getting me to do? What was the symbol? What was the meaning? So the yellow, I would slowly start to realize over the next couple months was that I needed to embody more of my joy. 
and I've talked about this as well. There's a podcast, if you go to back, about embodying joy. This is a big part of my medicine. This is something humanity has forgotten a, a, a lot. I don't want to say completely, but has forgotten a lot. And joy is that childlike wonder and truly being in the moment and uh, and just appreciating the absolute moment and the little things. It's not about... Um, not about big grandiose things and just how important joy is. I think a lot of the things I know, a lot of the things going on with um, the children right now and some underground stuff is highlighting how we have ignored our inner child. And when we think of inner child, we think of joy, we think of play, we think of laughing over playing a game of telephone or or, you know, blowing bubbles, just, just again, that childlike wonder about, again, when did, when did adults stop putting sprinkles on stuff? I mean, if there was sprinkles, and I know that there isn't, aren't filled with chemical colored crap, uh, I know there's vegetable based ones, but they're not really <laughs> very nutritious, I would put sprinkles again on stuff. I mean, that's what joy is. That's what childlike joy is. And it's definitely colors and vivid colors. And none of, a lot of this, forget all this beige and gray and cream and off-white stuff. When did we become so devoid of colors? Um, I actually have a hot pink Christmas tree. It's something I've wanted for a long time. My mom bought it for me last year for Christmas. Style-wise, it's really great. I have a Karl Lagerfeld black and white ornament on it, a... a Anna Wintour uh, ornament. I have a yoga mat ornament. I have a avocado toast ornament. The green avocado toast looks great against the hot pink. I wanted a hot pink Christmas tree because it's joyful. Because I walk into my place and I see this hot pink tree not even plugged in and it makes me smile. It's the color of happiness to me. What are, you know, fresh flowers? They're color. Um, so, um, so again, the color was the yellow was to incorporate more joy. The maxi dress as a side note was to embody more feminine energy because it was very flowing, very fluid, um, very soft. And again, being in that surrender, being like water, that very feminine energy. And, um, the brown hair was, the brown hair was again, not to get off on another little tangent, but I, I feel this is important to, to also, helpful for some people or just maybe one person that may be hearing this but the 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 brown hair so I had been I had been a redhead for about um I don't know about 10 years and it was funny it was from a it was from a when I dated a guy who really felt like pulled the rug out from underneath me and really kind of threw me for a loop and I I I don't know I had found out or something that he like really liked redheads or I don't know only really wanted to date redheads I don't know what it was something like that or really liked redheads and so it was kind of my form of well you rejected me and so I'm going to become a redhead of course there's more to it than that but and he was a it was a pivotal relationship in my in my life and so I became a redhead and um but my hair had already had always pulled a little bit of red so it wasn't a far departure um for me. And, um, and it's funny, I'm sharing this because this is one of the only times in my life that I really hesitated or really doubted, not hesitated, but doubted moving forward with just an idea or a nudge 
that I get. I'm, I'm pretty, I move forward pretty effortlessly. I get an idea and I go and I go with it. I don't think, well, nobody's going to see it or who's going to sign up or I'm not an expert in that. How can I do that? Or I, I do stuff, a bunch of stuff in Italy now. And I don't think, well, it doesn't matter that I don't live there or that I don't speak Italian fluently. I just do it. I don't, I don't hesitate to think, well, who's going to like this or who's going to see it? Or if I start a YouTube channel, who's going to watch it? Nobody's going to watch it in the beginning. It's going to be people like your family and your friends until you kind of get more of your feet underneath you and, and develop your voice and your message and then start having beautiful intros and outros and all that stuff. You just have to go with it. You just have to move forward without, without the yeah, but ego that pops in after you get that idea. Remember, intuition is very simple. It's the first thing to come through. It almost has no emotional charge. It's there. Then everything else after that is what I call the yeah, but voice. Yeah, but who's going to see it? Yeah, but who's going to, who's going to sign up? Yeah, but I don't speak Italian. I can't do that. Yeah, you can. There were other podcasts, as I've said, when I started two other podcasts called Lifting the Veil when I started. Now there's about 20 of them <laughs> because of 2020. A lot of people, that name kind of became a little more um, used or common, but I did my podcast anyway. I thought, well, it's the name of, it's my, it's my website domain. It's my website. I'm not going to call it something else. Lifting the Veil is what it is. I did it anyway. So move forward. So that is... Um, one of the only times in my life I, I hesitated or I doubted. And that was because I started to tell some friends that I, that I worked with that I was going to change my hair color and go back to brunette. And while they were supportive and lovely, pretty much everyone said to me, but oh my gosh, Noel, you look great as a redhead or you're the only redhead here or, um, I can't picture you with anything but that, but you know, the red just looks so good on you. And I started to doubt it because I hesitated because the yeah, but. So one of the things, common question I get asked is how did you become so intuitive? How, and really the question is, how did you learn to trust your intuition so much? Part of it is, and I've always said this, and I guess it really is the true answer. I'm an only child. So I grew up very easily being able to entertain myself, um, not always needing to, not always really liking a, a big group of people or a lot of people around. And this I know has been pivotal. I haven't had a lot of coworkers. I've always kind of owned my own business or kept to myself a little bit. Um, don't have a big family, not, you know, married or have a partner. And so the fear of, well, if I do this, if I color my hair, if I move forward with this, or I, I start this YouTube channel, are they going to laugh at me? Or are they going to judge me? Kind of almost it's better if you don't tell people and you just go with it. So the other thing I want to bring up about the hair color, and we'll go back into dreams, is not only did I start to doubt it, and I did it anyway, it took me then about another month and a half until I made the appointment with my hairstylist. But when I did it, when I, when I colored my hair back to um, brunette, and it was, at the time, the only color my hairstylist had that was non-toxic because she ordered the a bunch of browns was a very, with those that didn't come, 
very quickly. The, the only one she had was one other person she used this specific non-toxic, no ammonia, no PPD hair color on. Um, it was basically, it, it looked black. It was super dark. It's the darkest brown you could get. It did almost look, um, it, it, it looked, it looked again, very, very dark, almost black. And when I colored my hair, people then started calling me this raven haired beauty. And everybody said, well, you look great as this, but I loved you as a redhead. This looks good on you, but I still like you as red. Or you can wear this well, but the red is still super flattering. And every time people told me that, this is what I would say. And this was the honest truth. I said to them, I said, you know, of course, it's hair color. I can always go back. But I had that red hair because I needed to embody that. I now am not a redhead anymore because I don't need the energy of that anymore. I've embodied it. So I don't need it anymore. I'm done with it. And everybody would look at me and say, oh my gosh, I love that, Noelle. That's great. I needed to be a redhead for those, whatever, eight, nine, 10 years because I needed the energy of that red because I was not embodying it myself. Now, what is red? It's left open to interpretation, of course. Uh, that's the thing about these signs and whether in dreams, whatever it is, is whether it's a maxi dress to a color, it's whatever it means to you in that moment. And you may not interpret it, so to speak, correctly, but just go with it and it will talk it out, journal it out, write it out. To me, the red meant when I think of the color red, and especially at that time, red is, I think of, first thing I think of is the root chakra, which is our base, which is our groundedness, which is our stability, which is our financial security. This is why the run on toilet paper in 2020, that was people's root chakra. That was the base. It's where your butt is, <laughs> meaning their, their base, they felt like was being disrupted. And it was. A lot of people their businesses were closed, jobs were lost, careers changed or completely went away. People lost their homes, had to move or move back in with family, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so think about it. When I had said that this guy I felt like had pulled the rug out from underneath me, well, that is my root. That is my base. So I had a very, so to speak, busted root chakra. It was not very strong and I needed... The red hair gave me that, gave me the vibration of red and gave me that energy that I was not embodying. And then in um, 2019, October, um, November 2019, I was moving away from that. I was getting, I was getting a stronger base, which goes back to why I shared that my moon cycle was at 18 days. And she said this to me in the energy reading. She said, Oh, well, we can definitely tap into that, but that's making me think 18 is making me think of eight and prosperity. And it absolutely is. There are so many doors opening up for me in Milan at that time and actually even more so now, now that um, travel and, and the world, so to speak, is a little bit done having its temper, temper tantrum or as extreme, so to speak, as 2020 and 2021. And also... Yeah, so it's the ones and the eights. It was a new cycle, literally beginning for me. And so I could be done with the red. But also in numerology, we reduce everything down to a single number. 
except master numbers, which are 11, 22, and 33. And I do do numerology readings. We, I do add up the numerology of your name because every letter has a number and we do your birth date. It's mainly name. People think it's birth date, but numerology is mainly your name. We figure out your soul essence, your soul urge, your ego expression. Super interesting whether you have no threes or a ton of nines or heaps of you know fives in your in your name it's all very very interesting and i i love to uh i love to do that and 18 we would reduce down to nine we would add the one plus the eight and nine i've shared this before but nudge to share it again nine is a purpose number nine is the last number in, in numerology from zero to nine because 10 would reduce down to one 11 is a master number. We would leave it as it is. 12 would reduce down to 3. So numerology is 0 through 9. And 9, if you are seeing repeating 9s, 9 is a nudge because it's the last number. It's the 0 and the 1 combined that we draw to make up the 9. 9 is a sign to get going on your purpose, to start pursuing what you came here to do, to start sharing what you came here to share. So if you are seeing nines, remember it is a guide to purpose. So the 18, yes, a new financial cycle was is was beginning for me now that I was aligning with Milan, but it also relates to purpose and absolutely does. And that too, all the stuff that's unfolding in Italy and Milan will make its way into a podcast because I... Um, it's all a super interesting and interesting story. So that is a little bit about um, about colors and a little bit of an insight and maybe how to recognize things. And I do want to finish by saying that also if you're seeing nines or any kind of repeating number or wherever you're seeing things, if you can take it a step further and notice where are you seeing these numbers? Where are you seeing these colors? which is something we're going to talk about next about remembering dreams. But if you are always seeing nines, say you're see, always seeing it, say you see it on a receipt. What is the receipt from? Is it from a bookstore? Is it from a grocery store? Is it from a store where you buy gym shoes? What is it from? Repeating nines on a receipt from a gym shoe, from a shoe store will mean something different than repeating nines on a receipt from a grocery store. Do I know exactly what that means? No, I'm not. There is no energy behind it right now. But I, I would just say that a grocery store might mean something with food or health or wellness or maybe being a personal trainer. Whereas a shoe store might mean something with maybe you're a runner, maybe you're an athlete, maybe um, you're into fashion. Maybe you're going to design a pair of shoes. Maybe you've always wanted to design a pair of shoes. So notice where those numbers are. Notice where those colors are. You can go very deep with it because all of it, all of it, all of it has a meaning and a message for you to interpret. Now, when it comes to dreams specifically, a lot of people I know have a hard time uh, remembering dreams. So a great tip that I like to share is that, of course, if you can write out your dream and write out your dream as soon as you wake up, as soon as you wake up in the morning and it's you know fresh in your mind, if you can start writing it out 
you absolutely will remember more of it that way. However, if you can talk about your dream, so if you have somebody you can share it with, if you don't have somebody you can share it with or a trustworthy source, obviously just talk it into a recording on your phone. If you can talk it out, you will remember even more. More will reveal itself to you when you speak it than if you just write it down. This is also more powerful in terms of intentions as well. If you speak them, they're more powerful than if you just write them. Now, thirdly, if you, and this works every time, but if you draw out your dream, again, even if nobody sees it, even if you only draw stick figures, I am telling you every time, and if you can incorporate colored pencils, colored markers, the more you can do with it versus just doing it with a pen, But even if you just have a pen and only draw stick figures, you will be surprised because I'm telling you so much will reveal itself to you when you draw it. All of a sudden, there will be another person there. All of a sudden, there will be another door. All of a sudden, you'll see that there was another place setting at the at the kitchen table. It is fascinating. I'm not exactly sure why, but if when you draw something out, when you draw out a dream, maybe it's because it's creative expression, it's a little more free form than just writing, but more will reveal itself to you. Now, something odd, but I've experienced this myself personally, in that it's, it's, we're just getting out of the dream state, you know, a lot of times our eyes can still be closed, and we are, we're awake, but we're still kind of coming coming back into our conscious you know our conscious body conscious awareness but i have had things where if you can still be horizontal basically before you even rise up um, vertically you will remember more of it and what i'm saying is i've had something where i've been asleep lying horizontally and i get up and i may go to the bathroom or something and come i've had things where i've then laid back down and it's almost like it was hanging there (laughs) in the ether in the air in that horizontal space and I have had things where I've laid back down and I started to re-remember it so there's something about when all of a sudden you rise up and are not horizontal anymore where you kind of lose that essence or where (laughs) sounds bizarre I know but I have like I said experienced it so if you can keep a journal or a notepad, or even a, a little recorder next to your bed, and do that before you even move in bed in the morning, that will help you, or again, keep a pad of paper and colored pencils and draw it out. That will help you remember your dream. Also, I think intention. We have forgotten the power of intention, and that it all starts with intention. I don't think people realize, but they are setting intentions and requests and putting in orders with the universe every moment and of every day. They're all, the universe hears all. It does not hear no. It does not hear not. It doesn't, you know, there's no separation between what you really want to happen and what you really don't, but are thinking about the negative. What I mean is we forgot the power of intention and that it all begins with intention. The Pleiadians have talked about this in some of their books. I don't remember. It's all the Pleiadian books by Barbara Marciniak. The first book, kind of the gateway book to all of it, um, is um, Bringers of the Dawn. 
And it was actually when my astrologer saw on Facebook that I read that, that she told me about frequency of brilliance, which again is channeled sound healing from the Pleiadians. It was channeled to Christine Day in 2000. Uh, I think she channeled 52 different modalities. And um, she's then, I guess, very well known and has trained a bunch of people all across the world. Like I said, I had two treatments for myself. I had several done for my dog. You can have it done for animals or pets. Uh, a session for animals, I think, is interesting because it's only 30 minutes instead of an hour because animals have no ego, meaning that there is no, which is what I, I think sound healing is the wave of the future. I think we haven't even begun to tap into it, but sound healing, why it's great is because you bypass, again, the yeah, but the ego analytical hesitation mind, the one that overanalyzes and hesitates and is a little bit unsure. Uh, because is this going to work? How is it going to work? What am I going to feel? I'm not sure. This doesn't really make sense. Sound bypasses that. Your body, your body understands it. Your body knows. Your body is frequency, energy, and vibration. And that's what sound does. It affects, it bypasses the logical mind and it just works. So sound healing is definitely something I think everybody should incorporate and even for animals. So it's done uh, 30 minutes for, um, for animals because they have no ego. It's just they are able to receive it easier. And as a side note, again, about frequency of brilliance, which is in the podcast about that, uh, it has to go through the heart. Before the therapist practitioner does anything, before she went to work on my hip or my right uh, pain in my right side, right ovary or not, it has to go through the heart. So it was very interesting as she shared with me, she's like, for you, it's just, whew, the door is just fly open. And that was a huge, uh, a huge compliment. I started crying when she told me that because I've, you know, worked at that, worked at not holding veils and forgiveness and, and thinking this about life, that it's hard or unfair or that people are mean or that men are liars or whatever it is, all the veils that people may, may carry. I've, I've, I've worked hard at that. So it does have to go through the heart. So it may take um, some time for some people and that's okay. No judgment, just it, it's an interesting modality. So, um, so we were talking about remembering dreams. So they talk about setting intentions in the Pleiadian books, how you could set an intention. Um, humanity can set an intention. You're that powerful that you do or don't want to get pregnant and that's it. But we have forgotten our power with that. It's very hard to sink into that and then not let any true underlying subconscious beliefs override that. So you could do that with, say, you're parking your car. Again, this is hard to do, but we are getting to the point where we're remembering our power in this. You could get to the point where you park your car and where you're, so to speak, supposed to pay parking, but you can set the intention. The intention would not be, I don't want to get a ticket because the universe still hears get ticket. It doesn't hear don't want. It hears get ticket. You set the intention if I would do it, I would set the attention that I am the only one who is allowed to look at and touch my car. That's it. That means no parking meter maid, no 
camera could look at my car and, and issue me a ticket. But I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't even think that. I would just say, I'm the only one allowed to look at and touch my car. And then I would not leave for the next two, three hours and be sitting at lunch and, and worrying, okay, am I going to get a ticket? I set this intention. But that's how powerful intention is and how much power humanity has. But it's going to take some time to relearn that. I'm not saying that I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> that if I had a car, I couldn't set the intention and not pay the meter. But um, I think we've all maybe not paid the meter at a time here and there. But, you know, maybe it's pouring buckets that day and we think, oh, yeah, nobody's going to be checking things. But this is the power of intention. So when it comes to dreams, you can set the intention. You could also then write it out on a piece of paper. Put it under your pillow, the intention that you want to remember more of your dreams. Now, somebody asked me online, uh, does it mean something when you can't remember your dreams? Yes, of course. Again, it all has meaning, right? But I would say for me personally, I have found that when I'm very stressed in my walking conscious life, that I dream less versus if I have less stress and anxiety throughout my day. I find I dream more, but that may just be me. That may be a personal thing, meaning because because I'm so aware and can pick up, again, junk text, junk emails, things on the sidewalk, uh, things that resonate off the side of a bus, because I'm always so aware of things. I think I don't, my soul and angelic team is kind of a little bit like, oh, we don't need to hit you with another message in a dream sometimes. <laughs> So, but that may be me. It may be the opposite for somebody else. Somebody else may be, may only remember dreams when they are super stressed. Why? Because it may be the only chance or one of the few channels that your soul, which the voice of your soul is intuition, that your angels and guides, your higher self has to get your attention. Maybe that person walks through life with earbuds in their ears or always headphones on or, and, you know, are very mindless, mindless about their interactions with people, earbuds in, you know, eat mindlessly, go through the same routine every day. So intuition is having a hard time being heard. So therefore it may use dreams because it's going to use whatever it has because because the universe is benevolent, because it wants to give us that abundance, because it is trying every day, every moment of every day to give us that love, joy, health, and abundance messages so we can align with that. We can shift things, lift fails to align with that. It is so wants us to thrive. It so wants us to succeed. It's not even funny. And so it's always trying to give us messages. It's never going to give up on you. It's never going to give up on you. Your soul is never going to give up on you. It may not be as integrated as, as other people, but that's, um, but it's not going to give up. It's not going to give up. That's just not the nature. It's just not how it works. And so dreams may be if somebody, one of the best channels that somebody can use. Uh, so take, take note, take note if it's when you're stressed or maybe it can be when you're not in your home, maybe it's when you're on vacation. Again, maybe because it's 
your surroundings. Maybe it's because you're not stressed. Maybe it happens when you go to your boyfriend's house and you always remember your dreams there versus remembering them at your place. Uh, I used to go out to um, Sundance Film Festival and I would stay with a a friend and she would always say, oh, do you remember your dreams more? Everybody here talks about how they can remember their dreams. Well, I think because we were in the middle of the mountains, we were in the middle of, of Utah, there wasn't as much, I think, Wi-Fi and EMFs and, and we were at a higher elevation. So I think it was easier for dreams to come through. So that can all, that can absolutely affect dreams. Um, all right. And then, um, so yeah, so we talked about writing it out, talking it out, drawing it out, and um, setting the intention to remember your dream, which is very, very powerful. Now, this next part may or may not resonate with you. And I remember when I first heard it, when I participated in a dream circle many years ago, it it did resonate, but it didn't totally land for me. And that's the fact that every person in the dream is you. So this means if I'm in a cab, that the cab driver is also me. Or that if I'm in the cab and there's a friend sitting with me, that that friend is also me. Now, it may not be I, to me, the way I, it lands for me is that it's not 100% that person. It's the kind of what that person represents. It's some part of that person is me. Some part of that is my essence. Just like I've shared, if I dream of a celebrity, it's not that specific celebrity it's what does that celebrity represent? Are they somebody who's really funny and it's showing, it's showing me something with that? Or is this somebody, a celebrity who's really stylish? It's not the specific celebrity. It's what they uh, represent. Obviously, a dream of Robin Williams would be a very different dream than, um, you know, than, than Sharon Stone. So those are two different... Um, I wouldn't categorize Sharon Stone in, in, a, in a comedy. <laughs> so um, going back to the dream that I shared on Instagram that kind of started the idea for this podcast episode was that uh, I had this dream, a very vivid dream in 2011. And in this dream, I was at a train station and the train station was it was not like a covered train station you would see in, in Europe with a big glass, beautiful dome over it. It was very open, but it was very dusty, very dirty. I do remember when we were speaking about colors, it was kind of kind of a dusty gold uh, color and very run down. And it didn't occur to me at the time until a few years later and the, the dream would would always be in my mind. It didn't pester me or bother me but it was it was so vivid and I remembered it so clearly without having to write it down or tell anybody I knew it was a huge message I knew it was guiding me towards something and so over the years parts of the dream almost like drawing it out would start to come more would would almost define themselves more they would become a lot clearer so the very rundown um train station I realized was India signifying 
a spiritual journey. It did not signify India itself. And in the dream, I'm sitting on one of the platforms, there is a bench and I'm sitting there and a woman comes up to me. At the time, I didn't know who she was. Over the years, she would form. She wasn't just a woman. Over the years, it, I realized she was a gypsy. And then this relates one time my naturopath, who's very intuitive, she said she was doing body work on me one time and she just got this intuitive hit and said, oh my gosh, Noelle has been a gypsy before. And a gypsy to me represents not somebody with a scarf around their head and big hoop earrings. It's a gypsy who, for some reason, every time I say this, I, the movie um, Shogala comes to mind with Juliette Binoche and, and Johnny Depp and how she goes to a place, kind of shares her chocolate creations and kind of shares her medicine, her magic. And then when the wind picks up and blows again, she moves on to the next town. And her daughter in the film despises that because she has to move to a new place and make new friends and doesn't really like it. And so a gypsy to me is I go to where I'm called to go and, and bring my medicine. And then when the wind blows... I move on to the next place. So um, so in that dream, she definitely was me. Um, but this gypsy walks up to me and gives me a ring. And she hands me this ring, and it's a knuckle ring. And she says to me, take a chance. Very, very, very long pause. Take a chance on a star. And she's handing me the knuckle ring as she says this. And I very easily slip it on my fingers. I There's no hesitation. I get up and immediately start walking. And there are two women who are kind of lingering behind me. And one woman says to the other, follow her. She just got a big clue. Now, I remember this was in the summer of 2011. And it's funny because I do remember I was going to Hilton Head, which is a place in the U.S. It's just a popular uh, kind of vacation retirement spot. Um just going there for like a long weekend and and Hilton Head didn't resonate with me doesn't have any big big meaning but I think it just represents again traveling that gypsy kind of nature and uh so that has meaning because that was the the next morning I was leaving on a plane to go to Hilton Head but that was the summer and in November of that year I remember I went to Morocco and Morocco, the flag, has a star. I think it's red with like a yellow star in the middle or red with a white star. And I asked one of the tour guides what the star meant and didn't really kind of give me an answer. And so I thought, okay, that's not it. For years, I never knew what the star meant. Take a chance on a star. The only thing I could think of is a movie star. Take a chance on a movie star. I, am I supposed to be with a movie star? I had no idea what it meant. Well, of course... The woman in the dream is not going to tell me, take a chance on Boston or take a chance on Seattle or take a chance on Barcelona. She's going to say to me, take a chance on a star and I'm going to need to align and figure out that the star is then Milan. So I, as I shared, I went to Milan in October 2019. I had already been to Milan three uh three previous times and and I had liked it I had liked it a lot a lot a lot but I didn't have this big download it's not like a ton of stuff came through and I was there in October 2019 and 
I loved it and it was great and got to see and do some other things and go back to some of my favorite places. But here's something interesting. It was not until that was October. And then I got back and that's when I started having a very shortened moon cycle and knew something was something was off, but something had really started, truthfully. And remember the body holds the body holds wisdom. The body knows. Just if we but many times we override it <laughs> with the ego analytical mind and but the body is always telling us, Nope, that food is it's not right for you anymore. That person, nope, is is not good for you <laughs> anymore. But we override it again with that analytical, limited, um, safe, keep us in a safe box mind. Remember, the ego is the one keeping us safe so we don't cross the street and and get run over by a bus. But the soul is not going to make you cross the street and get run over by a bus. But the soul is not there to keep you in a small, safe box of what it already knows. Because the soul is here to grow. The soul is here to evolve. The ego is the one that keeps you safe and in the same four walls because that's what it knows. It keeps you comfortable. The soul moves first. The body knows before our conscious mind knows. And again, the language of the soul is intuition. It's going to speak with us every day, all day, from every Doritos bag on the street to repeating number, receipt, why you seem to always be friends with people named Matthew, to why growing up your favorite color was blue. All of it, all of it, to why you wore gym shoes today, to why I'm sitting here in a t-shirt that says merci on it. Why am I sitting here in a t-shirt that says merci? That has meaning if I choose to sit and interpret it, kind of dissect it a little bit, uh, feel into it, what it's, what it's, what it's telling me. So, um, so the interesting part is I came back and I actually went to, uh, the, a Starbucks roastery opened here in Chicago and it's just a few blocks from where I live. And I went to go check it out. I had just been to the one in Milan, which was the first Starbucks in Milan. And I left the one here in Chicago and I'm scrolling through pictures because I want to post pictures of the one in Milan versus the one that it was the largest in the world, which is here in Chicago, post pictures of that. And I started to see there is a, a, a famous villa in Milan called Villa Necchi, and it has a star window on the one on the one side. Um, and I started to scroll through pictures and I saw the Villa Necchi photo and I looked up at the Starbucks sign outside and I saw the star and that's when I realized, oh my gosh, Milan is my star. The woman was telling me, take a chance. Who was me? The gypsy. Take a chance on a star. Like I said, she was not going to tell me, take a chance on Boston. Take a chance on Barcelona. Take a chance on Seattle. She was not going to tell me that. Why? Because you have to align with it. I've also seen and, and have some friends who have tons of money and I watch them move to places and they feel a resonance or they want to, but then they quickly move away and then nothing happens. Well, it's kind of almost a better way to to not, so to speak, have money to move there and then you align with it and it effortlessly opens up for you 
because you're moving there when you can totally, you can totally receive it. I had been to Milan three times prior and it did not hit me then. So it will not come through until you are ready to receive it. It won't come through a day or a moment or a second too soon or a day or a moment or a second too late. Milan was ready to come through to me in 2019. It was not ready in the other years that I had been there. So kind of a nudge that I had been to someplace already several times before and I was not realizing Milan was the star. So the gypsy and the woman, the 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 woman in the dream who was the gypsy was me. Can also say that the two other people lingering behind me, which it took a few years to figure out who they were until they kind of almost like the drawing got filled in more to realize who they were. So, and of course, the fact that it's uh, a knuckle ring has meaning, has meaning to me. I'm very into jewelry. I have an odd collection of, I don't know, lots of knuckle rings. I don't know why they find their way into my life. I I love jewelry. Uh, It was made with a very specific material. I'm not going to share that at this time, what it was made out of, the ring. And the fact that it was, the ring was a figure eight. It was a knuckle ring of a figure eight on its side. And the eight has a little bit of a special meaning to me. It also represents, obviously, infinite, that the soul is expansive. It's You're going to go wherever you need to go, wherever you need to learn and grow what you need to learn for that next uh, chapter, that, that chapter 18, which, as we know, reduces down to nine and relates to purpose. And I do want to say one other thing, too, when we talk about purpose, Milan had come up into my conscious awareness that I needed to start going to Milan and, and, you know, probably putting together trips there. I had seen an ad in the New York Times before I ever started going there. And the ad was on my birthday. And it was for that they were now offering, uh, now offering nonstop flights somewhere in New York, I don't know whether it was JFK airport, from wherever in New York to to Milan. Milan is not a most places in Italy you fly into Rome. Um, it's it's not a Milan would usually be a secondary flight, and so I remember seeing it, and it was a specific ad for a specific um, airline company, which I know the meaning behind that, and it was this big full page ad, and I think I saved it for a few years, and so of course it has meaning that it was in the New York Times versus being in the Chicago Tribune. I live in Chicago right now, um, and at that time lived in Chicago. And and the fact that it's on a on my it was on my birthday. So anytime when I talk about nine being a purpose number, birthday and or seeing your name on something is also a nudge to get going on your purpose. So if you are seeing something and it's an ad for this flight, this this nonstop flight, which that also has meaning, nonstop flight, to Milan starting, this airline was going to be starting it on my birthday, then that is definitely a sign of purpose. If you are running into people who have your same name, that is a sign of purpose. So the number nine, your name and birthday are directly tied to your purpose. And there's lots of, there's lots of, um, of purpose for me in Milan and Italy, and it is, um, growing and expanding by the day. And 
something I'm excited, you know, to explore. So, um, so everyone in, in the dream is you. And now to, to finish things up, I do want to talk about kind of some common, uh, dream themes and finish up with questions. Somebody asked about deja vu, uh, Deja vu is, is a, I think a common friend said to me one time, he's like, oh my gosh, is deja, is deja vu bad? <laughs> and I said, no, I said, you know, nothing is bad. I, I don't like to, I don't like to label things good or bad. And I don't like to label things wrong or right. I also don't believe that there's any mistakes. Um, but I don't label things good or bad. I only, and I don't even label, I would like to call something either more or less aligned there is no right or wrong. It's either more or less aligned. And that's because we, uh, there is no one-sided hill. We can't have a one-sided coin. It just doesn't exist. So you need those, you need that polarity. You need those opposites to exist. There is no such thing as a one-sided hill or a one-sided coin. You need both. So it's only more or less aligned. So there is no bad and, and deja vu is not bad. Déjà vu, if we look at it uh, in French, déjà means already, and vu means to see. And this equates to, some people call it past lives, some people call it parallel lives, some people think that they're two different things, I think they're kind of the same thing. So parallel lives, meaning that there is another you, there's actually several different yous existing in all the dimensions that we're, we are multidimensional beings, and these different levels of consciousness. And so when you have a deja vu, it's you, it's a part of you merging with a part of you that has already seen it, deja vu, already seen in one of your other lives, one of your other past lives or parallel lives. Now, if you can become a little bit more aware when the deja vu happens, I've noticed this with myself that uh, the deja vu, what is that little time blip that it's happening. Meaning I have usually found that when the deja vu is happening, it's something that I'm doing that is, that is like a more aligned with the highest timeline for myself. Meaning the deja vu is not going to happen when I'm, I don't know, smoking a joint. I've never smoked a joint. I've never smoked (laughs) in my life, but that's the thing that's coming to mind. Meaning I'm not going to be doing something that's obviously not the best for me. I'm not going to have a deja vu moment when I'm eating a bag of potato chips. (laughs) I'm going to, I've noticed that the deja vu moments happen. They usually happen when I'm talking with somebody. It's usually not a moment by myself. I'm talking with somebody and you're obviously doing, working, or discussing something that is something that is part of your highest timeline. The timeline where you align with the highest version of you. So if you can stop and notice that and really become aware when you have those deja vu moments, I've also noticed I had them a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot during my, not a lot, a lot, meaning I haven't had a deja vu in probably, I don't know, over a year, but I had them a lot more during my awakening. So my awakening I've shared has happened in 2015 when all my style clients and trips and presentations just kind of stopped and I was left having to figure out what the heck is going on in my life. Um, why has everything stopped? It was very upsetting, very traumatic, very, uh, just very, very difficult. And, um, 
And so during those years, which has really just kind of come to an end recently, finally closing the door on that, um, is when I had a lot of deja vus because you have to go through awakening, but you're obviously not, so to speak, on your highest timeline because you're breaking down the things and the people and the food and the items and the relationships and the jobs and the thoughts that don't serve you, that serve, you know, that only serves your ego, that served the false version of you, which is what 2020 and 2021 was. It was a mass awakening for everyone. So it was a chance to get everybody to, this is why a lot of things stopped. It was like, you didn't do this before. We're going to really get you to do it, to do it now. So um, that's why I'm resharing part of these messages is because they're, they're extra, extra needed at this time. I apologize for the abrupt cut there, but we're going to finish and wrap things up by talking about some common dream themes and then the remaining questions that people submitted online. And a common dream occurrence that many people have is seeing water. And water is usually representative of emotions. If you've ever worked with tarot or into that, you know that same thing in the suit of cups of tarot, it's always signaling emotions, a new emotional experience or turbulent emotions. And water in a dream is a good way for spirit, for a higher self to communicate this with us. So I invite people, whether I'm leading a dream workshop or yourself, if you're journaling or drawing out your dream, what is the water in your dream? Meaning, is it a crystal clear, blue, beautiful Caribbean blue water? Or is it a dark and murky water where you can't see what's below the surface? This is highlighting something that's going on with your emotions. Are you entering into something where you're unsure, the uncharted waters, so to speak, that you haven't um, faced or dealt with or pushed aside for a long while? Or again, is it, you know, beautiful, crystal clear waters that are very inviting to swim in? Is the water calm? Or is the water more choppy and more kind of stirred up, hence stirred up emotions? I also like to reflect and ask people to look at what are you doing in the water? Are you in a canoe? Are you in a fishing boat? Are you in an inner tube? Do you have little floaties on your arm? What are you doing? Or maybe you're on a bigger boat, something like a yacht. So what is the water around you, the color, the the properties of the water around you? Again, is it is it is it rough seas or is it you know very still water? And what are you in some kind of boat or are you in the water by yourself? Is there somebody with you? Now, to look at this, we can look at things like and again, nothing is good or bad, but say in a dream you're in something like a kayak versus being on a yacht in a dream. And again, one is not better or worse than the other. I don't like to, like I said, look at things as good or bad. They're just signaling, presenting, symbolizing, representing something different. Whereas if somebody's in a, in a canoe or in a kayak... That to me represents more of a singular journey. 
and also something where you're going to be you're going to be in a canoe or in a kayak on a body of water that's smaller and a little bit more calm you're not going to be versus a yacht or a cruise ship is going to is going to be on a bigger body of water on an ocean it's not it can't really navigate down a stream or down a small river whereas a kayak can now this can also symbolize there's things like if you're in a smaller vessel a smaller boat you're going to feel the ripples and the waves of the water more versus somebody who's in a dream and on a yacht you're not going to feel the water when it's get when it gets choppy when you're on a bigger boat again no judgment this isn't good or bad this doesn't mean that person isn't in touch with their emotions it's just what it's representing to me even a yacht would represent that there's going to be more people so maybe you're starting to socialize more maybe you're it's a sign to get out more versus again being in a canoe or a kayak would be more of a singular journey or a journey with one other person that's all so it's all again left up to interpretation but water is very common and can take on lots of different properties. It can be rough seas, it can be calm, it can be frozen, it could be a small, tiny bottle of water, it can be a trickle from a faucet, it can be a waterfall, lots of different things. And the waterfall could be inviting. To me, that would be inviting, but to somebody else, I could see where a waterfall would be um, overwhelming, or it could be intimidating or scary. A waterfall is, is very powerful. You know, you could very easily um, hurt yourself in a waterfall if you trip or fall and you know that water coming down is usually um, again very 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 strong so water is a common theme um, running I feel comes up a lot I've experienced that myself I know I had this a lot growing up uh, I was I had a reoccurring dream where I would always be running in front of my house and running you know where you can't run away where you feel like your your feet are have cement blocks on them where they're heavy and you just kind of somebody may be chasing you somebody may be not but you can't run away and I never really dissected my dreams at that point but I feel that that represents um, I used to have a lot of ear aches growing up um, and I feel uh, you don't have to even be super intuitive to to realize what that means I feel that that was representative of my parents fighting my parents bickering and having the earaches was I didn't want to hear that or it wasn't pleasant to hear so I think probably that's what's the running also represented in the dream I don't I haven't had that running dream since again since being a small child since being um in that um in that in that house so to speak and um so yeah so so running away is a common theme versus again where are you running if you have a reoccurring dream where you're running and can't run away where your feet are heavy are you running at your school are you running in a baseball field or a softball field a place where you used to play sports growing up um, are you running like me in front of your childhood home was there something there that Obviously, I felt, so to speak, maybe trapped and couldn't get out. It wasn't. I was, you know, a small child. You can't exactly <laughs> um, pick up and move. So that is something also to look at. Try to see all the surroundings. Uh, what kind of boat are you in? Where are you running? Is there somebody with you? Are you wearing something specific? Um, again, where does it happen? And how do you feel in the dream? Being, you could be on a yacht in a dream and be miserable. 
But you could also be in a kayak in your dream and be blissfully <laughs> happy. So again, if you can also um, tap into that and feel what you are feeling, that will tell you a lot about dreams. Remember, dreams allow us to kind of work things out as well. It's a way to test things out. And I'm saying this because um, somebody also um, talked about, um, she submitted a question online and she was talking about how she meets up a lot with her ex-boyfriend and she dreams with him a lot. Um, he's in her dreams. And she said, you know, we've been, it's been 19, 20 years since we dated. She's like, he's now married. And she said, but I dream about him a lot. And she said, it's incredibly romantic. So it doesn't sound like they're, you know, fighting or anything like that, unresolved business in that sense. But I'm saying that dreams are, yes, a way to work things out and experiment, but they also represent those higher realms. And when I was talking about that 2020 and 2021 was everything finally trickling down into, into the physical, that that's the last kind of realm that for it to then finally happen to trickle down to it's at the very bottom of the funnel. This is the same with dreams. And it's illustrating that actually all relationships exist on an energetic level before we then see them or experience them in the physical. Now, this can be any relationship, a relationship with a cab driver that you have for 10 minutes, a relationship with somebody you chat with in an elevator for 10 seconds versus somebody you are with or date for 10 years. But all relationships exist energetically first before we ever see and experience in the physical. And I think we all know this to be true when if you've dated somebody or broken up with somebody or been through a divorce and finally one day you tell yourself, oh my gosh, I'm over this person, I'm over it, and you feel yourself moving on, you feel yourself over them. And I know we've all had this where then immediately you hear from them. You get a text from them, a call, an email, whatever it is. And that is because all relationships exist energetically first. So this is also why you can be thinking about somebody and then all of a sudden you hear from them because it exists energetically first. And you, how many times have we said to somebody, oh my gosh, I was just thinking of you or I was just going to call you because it exists energetically first. So with this friend on Instagram where she was talking about this, I know personally myself, I have definitely met up with people uh, in the astral realm and I find it immensely romantic. And again, because it's happening there first. Um, also, uh, another personal share is that my dog left the physical in February of last year. So February 2021. And it was about a month later when I was, again, still, I had my eyes closed. I was still horizontal in bed and not gotten up yet. And I saw him. I saw him sleeping next to me, curled up next to me, exactly how um, we would sleep together. I saw his body, his fur, his position, all of it, and he was there. And I could not reach out and, and pat him or touch him. It, it was just, again, I, something you see in that dream state and you 
so to speak, don't have control over it. You want to do things, but it's kind of playing out almost like a movie. And I remember waking up and knowing there it is. He is, he sleeps with me every night in the astral plane, just like he used to sleep with me when he was here in the physical. And now I'm going to share something as a little side note, because I've shared this with people and I find as soon as I share it with them, it gives them, I see a wave of peace wash over them. And that is when I've talked with people about uh, pets or, or um, loved ones that have crossed over. And I've shared what happened, what happened with my, um, with my sweet, uh, sweet boy, Pierre, uh, my, my little love bug, but um, how one of the message he has given me is that he is actually now not being in the physical, he is now able to do and help me and set up more not being in the physical than he was when he was here in the physical. So he actually does more and and sets up, like I said, and protects me more and aligns things more now that he is beyond the veil or again, has crossed over than being here in the physical. Of course, this does. Of course, this doesn't take away or mean that I don't miss him. Absolutely, and at times, you know, would want him. Would want him back in the in the physical. But that does give me and others. I I find that they look at that. They look at me, and <laughs> I call it residence. You know, remember the. We know the truth by the way it feels, not looks or sounds, because the truth has resonance. It has legs. It has roots. The other things do not. This is why I used to have the TV on the background many years ago, actually at the beginning of 2020. And there would be things that would be going on and I would be sitting, standing in the kitchen, chopping, washing veggies. And I would say out loud by myself, no, he doesn't. (laughs) Because I could feel, I wasn't looking at the TV, but I could feel that what they were saying was not true because we know the truth by the way it feels. So if you have a crossover, it can be a pet, it can be an animal. So again, they just took on that form, that body um, for that lifetime, helps you more. He helps me more now and sets up more things now that he's not in the physical because he's not limited by that physical body. And also as a side side note, I always knew I had a He's supposed to uh, align me with a specific thing, uh, one specific thing. And this will get its own uh, podcast because it's a very rich and deep, um, deeply layered story. But um, so he left in February of 2021. It was actually this year in the first week in May of this year. And I, I lifted a veil. I knew it was a big veil, but I kind of didn't give it that much credence because I just have lifted so many but the next day I woke up and was running some errands and just some things happened and I was starting to realize how how pivotal this veil was what a big deal it was and a card uh, popped up on Instagram an oracle card and a card I've never seen and it talked about a contract that now needed to be renewed or reviewed or a contract that was now finished. And immediately 
I knew because I had been journaling the day before about this veil. But again, I knew it was a big, a big deal, but I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And I knew it was the contract I had with my dog, with my dog, Pierre. And it was actually two things that he, his contract, him and I, his sold contracts are very, very real, uh, that he was guiding me to. So, and again, those two things have not materialized in the physical just yet, but again, it exists energetically. I shifted the veil around that. You need to kind of, again, match the, the, the veil blocking it is no longer there, um, is no longer there. So now the door, so to speak, is wide open. It's just, it's just matching it, you know, energy wise for it to then manifest, trickle down then into the physical so we can see it with, you know, our eyeballs. So that is um, a little bit about uh, the astral realm, that it is, it, is, um, it is very real. It does hold messages for us, and it is incredibly romantic, and it, is, um, it has as, as much meaning as things that we see here with our eyes and can, and can touch with our hands. Humanity needs to re-remember that... Um, to believe in the unseen, that we need to go beyond just what we can see and, and taste and touch. We need to believe in the unseen. And this is what um, this is what intuition and dreams, again, are kind of helping us and guiding us um, to do that. So um, also uh, another question somebody asked about why do places, he said, why do places feel so familiar or homey? And I would equate this to, I would relate this to purpose. Now, when I talk to people about purpose, what I mean is I say, I say to people that, you know, you are good at what you do because you've honed it over many past lives. So somebody who is maybe, and I think we all know people like this, who are a really good singer, um, Sure, I like to sing, but you don't want to hear me <laughs> sing is what I'm saying. Um, but there are other people that, you know, we meet or we see who are just, their voice is, they just open their mouth and it, again, it's just effortless. They're so, they're so good at it. And this is because they've honed that over many past lives. Versus somebody like myself, there are things that I'm, you know, better at than, than others because I've honed those things over many past lives. Now, this doesn't mean that the person who is really naturally good at singing um, isn't going to take vocal lessons or work with a voice coach. You're still going to hone and refine your craft, your talent, your passion, your purpose in this lifetime, but you're already 20 steps ahead of somebody else who is not naturally good at that. You're already 50 steps ahead of me because I'm not a singer. So this is, when we talk about places that feel familiar or homey, whether you have physically been there, say you, say you have a chance and you go to Paris and you get off the plane and you're like, oh my gosh, I've been here before. Yes, that can happen, but it can also happen in a dream where you feel a place is so familiar and say it's Paris and you have not been to Paris, quote unquote, been to Paris. You didn't get on a physical plane here an airplane and go there yet it's you still dream of Paris and it feels very comforting and warm and familiar because the astral realm as I was so we were just talking about is just as real 
as a physical realm, just because we can't see it with our eyeballs, we see it with our third eye, just because we can't reach out and touch it, their hands or taste it with our tongue does not mean it's any less real. This is why, like I said, meeting up with people in the astral realm is very real and very potent and very powerful. This is why these dreams, again, have they have meaning and messages for us because they exist just because it's somebody else, so to speak, isn't seeing it as we're seeing it doesn't mean it is it hasn't really happened or it isn't happening. Remember, all that everything exists energetically first. This 3D reality where I'm poking at my knee right now is the last realm for things to trickle down in. What's going on now is re-reminding humanity to look up and away from their phones, to look up at the stars at night, to look up at these, you know, celestial bodies, to look up at the sun, the moon, to look at others, become aware, remember our connection to the unseen, and start believing in it. Start trusting it, start working with it, and start interpreting these messages. Whether it's in the dream realm, whether it's, again, a Cheetos bag on the side of the street, all of it, all of it, all of it carries meaning and messages for us to interpret. All right, that's it today for Interpreting Dreams. Thank you again for listening. As I say, I hope you found this uh, inspiring and uplifting and helpful. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, if you could um, give this as many stars as you can, and if you want to leave a positive and beautiful review, that is always greatly appreciated. And if you want to connect with me and let me know what topics you would like me to address next in a podcast, my website is lifting-the-veil.com. Remember, if it doesn't have the dashes in between the words, it kind of looks like lifting the evil, which is a little bit of what it is. And I will see you, so to speak, I, quote unquote, I will see you for the next episode, or perhaps I will see you in the astral realm. <laughs>